Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come on and tell us authentic stories that they love, and I know that you will too. It's six questions in about nine-ish minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries tend to get awfully long-winded. And so today we're joined with an old college friend. I'm excited to kind of reunite. And so, Brother Jed, I'm excited to have you on. Thanks for giving us your time. Absolutely. It is a, truly a pleasure to, to be on, and it's so good to see you again, Brother Josh. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, that it has. So, well, praise the Lord, and let's, uh, since it's been a while, we'll, we'll dive right in with question one, and tell us a little bit about you and your family and your field. Yeah, so I'm Jed Duarte, and I'm actually a third-generation missionary in the country of Brazil. Um, the Lord called my family back to Brazil, and our burden is to reach specifically areas where there has been no gospel witness at all. So the Lord's called us to church plant, obviously, and um, the way we will be doing that is we will be planting a church in a town, and from there we plan on branching out to other towns and cities and smaller cities, and we'll be using an aviation ministry to reach those areas and specifically these more remote towns there a lot of these towns do have roads to them but for example there's one town 150 miles away from the town we're starting at and it would take me about 18 hours to get there because there's not a direct road so the Lord's provided Paul used a boat you know to as, as an avenue to take in the gospel we plan using an airplane to be able to evangelize and start churches in these more remote towns. Awesome strategy, man. I, I'm excited to hear about that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your family as well and who you took down with you? Yes. Um, I met my wife, Gloria, um, who used to be Clark, now Duarte, in Bible College. And um, we've been married almost four years now. And we've gotten to Brazil about four months ago. We got in literally one of the last flights uh, before they closed down the, the borders with the COVID issue. So we're thrilled to be here and we've already seen the worst start to work. So it's me, my wife, and then we have a uh, two-year-old, almost three-year-old daughter, Ileana. And she brings a lot of joy to mommy and daddy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure she does. That's awesome. And uh, I'm going to kind of go on one little tangent before we move on to question two. Um, a lot of us are often familiar, or we, we feel familiar with the mission field of Brazil because it's, it's presented to us on a kind of regular basis. So can you tell us, you're talking about reaching the remote or unreached areas. Kind of where, how much of that population is there and, you know, like, what is there to be reached? Because I know there's a lot. I just don't know much about it. Yeah. So we have it divided into two sections. There's the unreached areas, which are smaller towns in our state of Lone, the state of Dense Woods, Mato Grosso. I counted 152 towns that, unbeknownst to me, I don't know of any true gospel witness in those towns. Um, again, these towns are not huts. You know, they have... Most of them have running water and electricity. Most of them have an airstrip, um, which would enable us to get there. Um, so these are not, you know, necessarily in, in indigenous 
huts, you know, totally isolated people. But then there's also that aspect of, of these unreached people too, which even the Brazilian government claims there's at least 10 close to the town that we're going, close relatively, um, Indian groups that has never come in contact with the modern man yet. Um, so there's, there's those also, our desires to put a team together and if the Lord opens the door for us to reach these native Indian tribes too, I'd be tickled. You know, the gospel is to everyone, to every creature. So I hope that answered your question in a nutshell. Um, yeah. Just to give a picture, you know, and I get that a lot. Oh, you're a missionary to Brazil. I know a missionary in Brazil. What most people don't realize is Brazil is the same size as continental U.S. And 80% of all the, Brazil, uh, all of the missionaries in Brazil would be in the south, uh, in the southern part of the country. So there's still a lot, thousands of towns that still need the gospel. So the Lord's called us to do that, and we're excited to do it. What a task, brother. That's awesome. I'm excited for you guys. All right, so then we're going to move on to question two since I, I'm the one that prolonged question one. So, um, but with question two, um, what it can be field specific or just general ministry, but what's one of the more uh, pleasant aspects or one of your favorite aspects about missions? One of my favorite aspects of missions and ministry in general is that. <laughs> And if you know me personally, you understand is you can have fun doing it. You know, I tell you, it is fun to serve the Lord. Um, a couple, about a month ago now, I did, because of COVID, everything was on shutdown. You couldn't rent soccer fields to go play or anything. So I bought a soccer ball on the Brazilian uh, Amazon and started playing soccer in front of our house. And we had about 14 young men come. And just this past week, I was able to lead three of them to the Lord. So the neatest thing about ministry is that you can have fun, especially for young people. Satan wants you to think that if, you know, if you serve the Lord, you're going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. My goodness, it's been wonderful to serve the Lord. Another aspect for me personally is I'm not an aviation enthusiast, but I started to enjoy to fly. And getting to fly to these areas and be the first, you know, clear presentation of the Gospels in these towns. It's just extra special. So it can be fun, and it is wonderful and fun to see souls saved, but to show the Lord and have fun doing it. Great answer, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So um, a little bit on the inverse, I guess, it would be, again, field-specific or general ministry. What's one of the more difficult aspects of ministry for you guys? Probably by far the most difficult aspect would be just how lonely it gets. Um, and, you know, when you're in the States or in deputation, it's one thing, you know, you're always seeing people and people love you and you know they do because you see them. And in the field, it's just really lonely. Um, you can call a friend and talk a little bit, but usually it's so busy that it can get quite lonely. So that by far for me is one of the most difficult areas, not having a friend that you can just open your heart to and share your struggles and share, you know, the, the trials you're going through. And also um, just, you know, when you live in a wicked world, that's difficult too in general. You know, there's just 
Satan wants to do everything he can to bring you down, especially when souls are getting saved. So, number one, the loneliness. Number two, just you got a bullseye in your back because Satan's not happy that you're there. Yeah, for sure, man. Good answers. Very insightful. And I appreciate you opening up and being honest about it. Thank you. So, all right. So then question four, who are some missionaries or, or a missionary, doesn't matter, one or multiple, uh, that you say need to be on this podcast to share their story? One person who had a huge impact in my life as a missionary was missionary Bud Rader. He's a missionary in Bolivia and just unique ministry philosophy. I've learned a lot when it comes to ministry philosophy. He's doing a phenomenal job there in the hills of Bolivia. Um, I'd, I'd love for him to get in here. He's just, he's been there many, many years. He, he also was a missionary pilot, um, but I'd love for him to be able to come and share just some of his insights as a great missionary there in Bolivia. Um, another one is a little bit different kind of mission, but it's still a mission, is Aero Missions. And, you know, they simply train missionary pilots. Now, aviation is not for every missionary, you know, but all it is, it's a tool. So Aero Missions helped train me and also is helping with providing the, the airplane um, and bringing it down and everything for our ministry. And uh, shout out to them, um, Brother John Stanzik. He, he needs to be on, on this podcast too. He's a very uh, outgoing personality and I'm always energized from rubbing shoulders with him. Awesome. I can't wait to get a hold of these guys and yeah, Lord willing, have them on. Sound, they sound like really dynamic and unique ministries. So thanks for sharing. So, all right. So moving on to question five, the big one, uh, go ahead and take a few minutes, three to five minutes and just tell us a story that you love about your time serving the Lord? Probably the story that I love mostly is the Lord's calling in my life. Um, I'll try to be as brief as I can, but I grew up in Brazil to a missionary family here, and my dream was either to play soccer or join the military. Uh, but my parents said, you know, you can do whatever you want, but you got to do one year Bible before before you go on and do your own thing. So I ended up at Ambassador Baptist College and had no intentions of staying there. I chose it because it was a small Bible college. So I was like, you know, just go in and out and go on with my life. And it was there that the Lord got hold of my heart. And again, you know, looking back to see how the Lord used all those things you know, I used to love soccer, how the Lord's been able to allow me to use soccer, whether it's a mission trip that, that I've taken in the past or on future outreaches that we will be doing here in Brazil through soccer. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love soccer. You can use soccer as an outreach. I love, you know, military, guns, all those kind of things. I'm enlisted the Lord's army and can't get much better than that. It is a battlefield, right? So I guess in a nutshell is, is this, the story would be God is not out to get us. You know, he wants to use us and 
if we choose to let God use us, he will in spite of us. And that's exciting to me. Amen. Yeah, man, awesome story. Completely, it's always amazing how God gets a hold of our hearts in different ways and just brings us to him. And whether that's, you know, vocational ministry or just simply using our career as an outreach it's amazing how god can get a hold of us so i'll share one quick story about jed just real fast i promise i won't embarrass you or anything but um i remember when you showed up to college i'm sorry i said this was not part of the deal no kidding no no it wasn't but i promise it won't be bad i just remember um I've talked with several missionaries in Brazil and they've, they've shared similar experiences. At least one of them has. And I remember showing up and, you know, we started school in August. And so in the hills of Carolina, it starts to get cool in like October, you know, late September, early October, it'll start getting cool, but it's not bad. But I remember poor Jed, man, he showed up and you had on like, two parkas and a fur he had some sort of fur somewhere i'm pretty sure i'm like this poor boy was so cold and i just remember thinking man that that's some heavy stuff right there and but uh i just remember you showing up with your parkas and your jackets and your you're so cold that first winter i felt bad for you but now i understand because uh, we live in the tropics and if I walk outside in the morning and it's, you know, 79 degrees, I think, oh, man, it's cold out here. So, so anyway, just a fun memory of, of you and your time in college. So, um, um, one, one thing that I was thinking back on kind of on this topic was I remember once I did surrender to serve the Lord, I was like, Lord, I'll go anywhere in the world but back to Brazil. I'll serve you anywhere else but Brazil. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Lord led us back to Brazil, and you know, we're excited to to be here. Amen, amen. Amazing how God puts our desires and His desires online when we want them, when we just want to serve Him. So awesome. As we wrap up, we'll go with question six real quick, and this one might be a little bit difficult since you grew up on the field. Um, but do you have any language or cultural? blunders that you're willing to share, whether it's in Brazil or when you visited the States or any, or came back to the States or anything like that. If you don't have any, that's okay as well. Oh, I'm sure I definitely have, have them. And probably because I grew up, you know, I'm 27 and I grew up most of my life in Brazil, <laughs> kind of the foreign field would be the States. And as a matter <laughs> for, for a missionary kid, Rather, you're in the States in Brazil, it's like you don't really fit in either place. So you're like a little bit alien. <laughs> but I remember in the States, it was actually in college, and we went to a, to a uh, we, were, we were doing a door-to-door. So I get in front of this house, and here in Brazil, you know, when you go to somebody's house, you clap. So I go, we're, we're passing out tracks, and I go there with Risk, North Carolina, Foothills Mountain. And I get in front, you know, there's this little gate, this little grade there in front of this house. And I'm there clapping, clapping, clapping. <laughs> These people don't, you know, I know there's somebody home because the TV's on, but they would just look at me and like, it looked like they were trying to figure out they should call the police on me or whatnot. <laughs> it was there that somebody else from my church said, what are you doing? It's like, I'm trying to get their attention. They're like, oh, you don't do that here. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
that was a little bit of a blunder. I felt really special. Like, I'm just clapping because I'm happy now. <laughs> um, so I remember that as a blunder there in the States. That's awesome. I really, I like that one a lot. It's just very innocent, very good. Thanks for sharing that with us. So. Well, Brother Jed, people, I'm sure some people that have not previously followed your story now want to follow it. So what's the best way that people can continue to follow your story? had to write it down so I wouldn't make it, um, forget it. But probably the easiest and most convenient would be following our Facebook page. If you just put on the search bar, the Duarte family, our ministry page will come up. And at least once or twice a week, we're always updating there, you know, kind of some news. You can also subscribe to our monthly update. Um, you can just email me. Uh, I'm at to the uttermost number seven seven at gmail.com that's my email address and i can add you to our um our update list again to the othermost t-o-t-h-e-u-t-t-e-r-m-o-s-t seven seven at gmail.com and then also we have a youtube channel that we try to um, do also video updates if you just search jed duarte you can see we try to do a monthly video update of what we've been doing and what the lord's been doing here so that's, you know, some ways you can get a hold of us. Awesome. We will have all that in the description box below so that people got, uh, can stay up to date with everything the Lord is doing down with you guys in Brazil. I'm super grateful for taking, thank you for, for giving us your time and for being on the podcast today and sharing all these things. I really appreciate it, Jed. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. All right, brother. We take care. Thanks so much. And for those of you that have joined us today, this has been Josh Weigart with Brother Jed Duarte. And by the way, stay tuned because in a couple of weeks, his wife will be on the podcast with us as well. And we look forward to hearing about it from the ladies' perspective down there as well. And so thank you for joining. This has been Josh Weigart with Brother Jed Duarte in Brazil. And you've been listening to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast. Thanks for joining. <laughs>